You're listening to the Coaching Collaborative Podcast with ISG Coaching, where we explore the world of instructional coaching and share insights and strategies for empowering educators to improve student outcomes. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Coaching Collaborative Podcast. I'm your host, Josh. I'm Laura. I'm Brittany. And I'm Jess. And we are the ISG Coaching Group. Man, that was really smooth, guys. That was great. And this is the Coaching Collaborative Podcast where we are just trying to bring some of our knowledge and our experiences from coaching to all of our listeners out there uh, in um, audio land. That's a place, right? That is a place. Yeah, it's like the cloud. Yeah, so we're, we're, just, we're just hoping that you have uh, fun with us as we uh, share some experiences. And today we're really going to dive into sharing some stories with you. Uh, some stories that are related to our profession, uh, ourselves personally, and just maybe some random stories in general. So hopefully you are able to gather something from one of them and start to identify your story as an instructional coach in your district. So I want to kick it off with a story that just made me almost laugh so hard that I cried because those stories are those most memorable ones. I had a teacher come and talk to me and this was a second grade teacher we'll call him mr g from here on out <laughs> first day of second grade a student comes in completely wet shirt student walks up to mr g and says don't worry this isn't all p and mr g says well wait hold on what do you mean what do you mean it's not all p and he goes well i mean i did pee on myself but i washed most of it off so it's not all p so mr g said you know what why don't you just go ahead and go to the nurse's office and get a fresh shirt but just goes to show building those relationships day one and definitely a story I'll remember because it just makes me laugh. Well, and just from the the sheer fact that like, I, I heard that story the other day for the first time <laughs> and I'm like, I nearly peed myself. Like, just, hearing it. Um, just how many times do we constantly have those situations? Like, well, hopefully not those exact situations. Yeah, hopefully not. I don't, I don't, I don't think I've ever had one of those. But actually. such, such memorable conversations that we have with people or, or memorable stories, um, that uh, we get to share with one another. That's that's part of the beauty of what we have as a job is being able to connect with so many people all the time. So I'm gonna share a story um, and mine uh, is not about P, uh, it is also not about Mr. G, uh, but it's one of the most memorable stories from uh, my childhood. So I, uh, if you dig back into the Josh Corp archives of pictures, <laughs> Um, you will. I've seen some of those. You might not want to. We should yeah, post we're not going to talk about college, <laughs> but th there's one picture in particular that uh, I, I am so proud of, and that is of my purple <clears throat> dinosaur pants. Okay, I had the this Josh. Is, how old were you? I would year. like to say that I was 24. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so I was I was around six years old, and it was one of the first days of kindergarten, and I had these purple dinosaur pants dinosaurs were yellow and these bright purple like barney style shorts and uh i was so excited to, to wear those and I, I had this yellow matching shirt that was on top that matched the yellow in my shorts so stoked to go to school as a six-year-old so like i got to school and guess what everybody complimented me on i i wanted to make sure that i made a statement apparently on the first day of school um, but I ran into my kindergarten teacher. This was a couple of years ago after I graduated. And she was like, I, I'll just always remember one of the first days I met you that you had on those purple dinosaur shorts. And that made my heart swell so much because 
So the sheer fact that she was able to pinpoint me just based on that like situation, that interaction, and the the amazing power that teachers have to remember those things, like a peace story or some <laughs> purple dinosaur pants, um, is just is just incredible. And it's a it's a talent and a skill that has gone um, gone on for years and centuries. Well, I think the the point of the story is that you connect to not only an emotion that's tied to it, but also a person. Um, and so tying it to that person for all of us, it was somebody, um, I always think back to a story about my dad that my grandmother loves to tell. We all have those like family stories that like we'll never live down. Um, but the story about my dad, that's always told in, I don't know how old he was. My guess he was probably six, seven or eight, but he was the baby of the family. Um, youngest, he had two older sisters. Um, and he was always just known as the bratty little brother. And so apparently at one time he did something, I'm sure well-deserved, got sent to his room. And he was so angry about it that he threw open the window of my grandparents' house and they lived um, on in an old farmhouse. So it was the second floor. And he proceeded to just throw every one of his possessions out the window and onto the front lawn. And so my grandma came out front a little while later and like everything he could fit through the window is just in his front lawn because he was mad about getting sent to his room. But that's the story that will like, he will never live that story down. He is, you know, in his sixties now, but that's the story that gets told, but it's hysterical. <laughs> and it's, it's incredible. Like the, the pieces that we remember too, like um, from Laura's story, it's that obviously that visual and from my story, it's that visual, but from there, it's almost like a feeling that, yeah. um that we constantly just like hold on to mm -hmm. i think back to like memories of like my grandmother before she passed away a couple years ago and and just any time i think of her i just get this like warm warm feeling knowing that like i i made those memories with her and those stories will always always like stand the test of time well, um, and how you like case. connect things too like i think about my grandfather and he was my biggest fan in soccer so anything that has to do with soccer or you know the color purple because that was the color of my team like anything like that makes me think of him so like all these just connection pieces with stories yeah i think it all goes to connections and those relationships because that's what makes those stories memorable is making having those relationships with the people and then when you think of them it's like you all of a sudden you think of 10 stories or 10 things that have happened that either make you laugh cry your heart warm just it, it's just amazing the power of a relationship yeah even talking to my husband last night trying to figure out what story i was going to share today he started talking about stories he thought about it and it just spurred so many other different things that i could have brought up today um which so sparks each other and the amazing aspect of all of this is just the the ability for us to tell our own story. I know as uh, as an instructional specialist formerly and, and now as a director of innovation, just being able to share with people um, like what is my job? Like what do I get to do every single day? And how we define that is, is really, really important. Um, so what is my story should be sort of the question that we ask ourselves because where are we going? Um, what are we going to do to get there? Uh, and where am I at right now in that journey uh, throughout time? Like, what does that look like for me in my career? Well, I also think it's important um, to share that story of even where you've been with the people you're going to work with. So they know where you're coming from and they know you're passionate and you're caring and you're there for them. So I think that's important to even think about not necessarily only where you're going, but where have you come from and why? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Your why. Yeah. Your why I think is just so important because that drives everything where you have been, where you're going. And I think your why can change sometimes um, for sure. But I think just recognizing that is extremely important.
So that is going to sort of transition us into uh, our our own stories as instructional specialists and and how we should have arrived here. We're just going to keep it brief as we uh, share a little bit about ourselves because we want you as the listener to be able to jump into our episodes every week and and know us as people um, because that that's the beauty about this is that we are all people. We have our own experiences. We have we have our own stories. So as you start hearing our story um, and as, as how the story of the ISG sort of came came together as a group, um, it, it's truly remarkable where we've come in just a short amount of time. I wouldn't have expected a year ago to be this close with, with these people that I'm working with now, uh, just coming to the district. So that story has just continued to grow as we move forward. Um, and one of those stories comes directly from our time, and, and this alludes to what you were talking about, uh, Laura. I almost, I almost called you Jackie. <laughs> no, <laughs> let's, let, let's, let's not call me Jackie on this episode. Maybe that's another episode. <laughs> so as I was thinking about our trip, we took a trip to Texas and got to meet Jim Knight and, and talk to some of the associates there and some other educators in the same field as we are. Uh, and we really be we really took that time to bond as a team um, and share stories with one another. That's the best way that we can sort of communicate and share out uh, what we do, uh, not only on a professional level but also a personal level. And I've gotten to know you so much more since then. I agree. Texas was sort of that breaking through point for all of us. I think it would have taken us a lot longer to get where we are, but able to go to Texas and laugh and share even those really personal moments. I think is important. Yeah, I think you have to you have to to have that close of a relationship with someone. You have to kind of transcend that professionalism. I shouldn't say professionalism, that professional relationship and really get to know who the person is, because it's different than sitting in a meeting with somebody um, actually getting to know who they are and what makes them them. So, Laura, why don't you start? We'll just go around the circle, share maybe like two or three snippets about yourself as an educator. Only two or three? That's yep, going to be tough. That's All right. Your entire career in two to three little words. Okay, two to three little words. Um, <laughs> no, um, I always like to share like why I became a teacher. And I do come from a long line of teachers. My mom was a teacher. My dad was a teacher. And it honestly wasn't on my radar my plan was to become a veterinarian and my mom ended up um, getting me a job at a extended school year summer camp for students with disabilities and they were early childhood students and this really changed the trajectory of my life so i went in every day and i worked with a little boy who had down syndrome and every day we sorted red and blue blocks and i mean every day we went in he would completely forget how to sort red and blue blocks but every day for two solid weeks, red and blue. And then finally one day I went in and he actually remembered and he remembered red and he remembered blue and can sort all the little, you know, those little hard teddy bears, you know, those counters you use in mm -hmm. kindergarten. He sorted them. And I went, I remember going home that night and said, mom, I'm changing my major. I'm gonna go to school to become a teacher. And it's, that is still my why to this day. Like it is, that was such a powerful moment for me to realize just the power that we have when we connect with people, students, teachers, and just that I had a little tiny piece in that student's life to make a difference for him. And it wasn't about me, it was about the fact that he was able to be successful. And so when I had the opportunity to leave the classroom and become an instructional specialist, it's never been about me. It's about making others successful so that they can share that success with their students. Because, and honestly, I feel like teachers know that too. 
when they, when just like as students know, if you're really there for them and you're not just there for the summers off or the paychecks, teachers know that if you're there for them and knowing that you want that your success comes with their success. It's not, oh, look at what you're doing because I taught you something. It's wow. Look at all the success that you have now and all the students that are now going to benefit from it. So I'm super stoked. And I mean, I'm, I'm going to own up something right now. I watched some Love Island. So, you know, I'm going to use some, I'm buzzing that I get to be a part of this uh, group. And I know, right? It's, they, it's the UK right now. So they say that word a lot. Um, I'm not going to use it. Yeah. No, you're getting an education. Yeah. So, um, you know, so that's sort of why I transitioned into this role. Short, you know, long story short, I definitely did not get the two to three words, but, you know, we're going to throw it to Brittany. So uh, I have a similar story about how I um, became a teacher, but it's much less um, warm and fuzzy, I would say. <laughs> um, I had plans of becoming a pediatrician and I failed anatomy twice. So at that point, I had to really take a long, hard look. And it really didn't take me that long, honestly, to figure out um, that that wasn't what I was meant to do. Um, so I really had to do some reflecting, which is not something that um, I had really done a whole lot of at this point in my life. And, um, you know, my purpose for becoming a pediatrician was my love for kids. So, um, you know, I s took a step back and thought about some other options. And I also come from a line of teachers and decided that I would also be changing schools and changing my major um, and going back to teach high school English. Um, so and that's where um, I, you know, gained a lot of experience working with kids. Um, I specifically remember a student in, uh, he was in 11th grade English and he was one of those children that you try and try and try to get to do their work and they just want to sit and chat or play on their phones, but they weren't really a bad kid, um, but found himself in situations that were not ideal um, on a number of occasions. And one day he came in, I'm like, hey, bud, I'm missing this worksheet. Um, you know, can you look for it? And he's like, no, I turned that in. I'm like, Well, I don't have it. Do you think you can check your folder? No, I turned it in. You lost it. You lost it. I'm like, well, these are all the papers. Feel free to look for your name if you'd like. I don't have any without a name. And another student came over seeing that he was getting more and more frustrated and said, hey, let's go look in your locker. So both of them walked out in the hall. The student that was helping said, give me your English folder. Pulls the English folder right out of the locker. The other student opens it up and there's that worksheet. So he comes back in, hanging his head real low, wouldn't make eye contact, puts it in my basket to be graded. And I said, hey, you found it. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, it didn't grow legs and walk off now, did it? And he just kind of was like, ah. And, um, you know, I was just kind of being a little, little silly and a little corny and he was not loving it but i think that it helped to build our relationship and um you know we continued on the rest of the year just getting along really well and he was way more willing to do work for me because i was able to kind of joke with him and make light of a situation um, where he was feeling a little frustrated um so you know that's kind of my first year teaching story about hey this is you know what i meant to do i'm meant to um kind of 
build these relationships with students, you know, joke with them, have a good time, but, you know, ultimately try to teach them something that's going to improve their life um, once they leave the high school. So um, I left the English classroom after uh, about five years and have um, loved my time working with this team. Um, Texas was really the first step for me as well um, because I was new to the position and didn't really know Lauren just too well, but we got to know each other real well. She didn't know what she was getting into. <laughs> I, <laughs> yes, so I mean, Man, whole new personalities came out and I was not prepared. Um, I'm still kind of trying to keep up sometimes, but we're making do. I guess that leaves me before Josh. Anyways, <laughs> I'm next yeah, in the me. circle. <laughs> um, so my story is like a little bit different. I was like the little girl who has always grown up and always said, I want to be a teacher. I'm going to be a teacher. Um, no one talked me out of it. So I um, went to school to become a teacher. I was a first grade teacher and then reading specialist um, before I took my current position. Um, so it was just a childhood dream to be in education for me. Um, but once I got into the classroom, I uh, absolutely loved my job, loved to, the team that I was working with, um, switched into reading specialist, same thing, loved what I was doing, loved who I was doing it with, but I just always felt like a pool to do something different, um, to do something more. Um, and so the position, you know, I feel like it's classic education where like you take one job and then they change the name 25 times and now here I am. Um, so I actually started as a media specialist. They kind of rewrote the position in my building and I was very hesitant to even apply for it. Um, but I was um, coerced into applying for it and I'm so glad I did. Um, so I was a media, media specialist for a few years before it's really transitioned now into an instructional specialist. And the drive for me has I've just become so passionate about teachers and helping teachers do their job because they're so talented and so good at what they do, um, but they need support. And I'm just so passionate about helping the teachers in my building, meeting them where they are, figuring it out with them, um, figuring out what they need. Um, sometimes when they don't even know what they need, they can just kind of like spew a whole bunch of things and we have to try to figure out what they need. But um, my passion for this job is just with teachers and helping teachers be the most successful that they can be for their students in their classroom. Um, and so I love it. All, all of the name changes between then and now. Um, I'm, this is, I feel good in this spot. I, I, don't, I guess I guess we really should have said what levels we're at because I'm at the this is Laura I'm at the middle school level I realized I didn't actually tell you any of my like what I actually did at all when I was in the classroom but listen Laura the why behind what you do is more, more important, important than where you are okay all right we'll go with that but in case you were wondering I'm at the elementary school and that was Jess in case you didn't know you can't see her <laughs> And Brittany is at the high school by process of elimination. <laughs> and then I am everywhere. So surprise. Um, so yeah, let, let's talk about uh, Josh a little bit. I'm not going to talk in the third person the whole time, I promise. <laughs> um, but I, I had a similar, I, I'd be curious if we actually got all of our position titles and like put them all, like line them up, how many similarities we would end up having between them. Because I too started out um, as, a, as a classroom teacher, I started off in, in high school mathematics. Uh, and then I sort of pursued my 
my secondary uh, passion, which is computer science. And that took me to the middle school, which middle school is a totally separate beast. Mm -hmm. um, I never got a chance. I, I always joked with my wife that, uh, oh, I just need to complete the trifecta by just being moved down to elementary school <laughs> at some point. Uh, never necessarily happened in that regard, but I did transition into a technology innovation specialist. And then I ended up coming and joining this team this past year as the director of innovation, uh, which I love having to explain my title to everybody all the time. Um, what is and it that you do, Josh? So that is a great question. I'll let you know when I find out. So, but no, uh, I, I get to have my hand in a little bit of everything. And um, I, I really had to take a step back this year and say to myself, okay, you can't be out there trying to do it all. You have amazing people that are with you. Um, you, you have each of these instructional specialists at these buildings who have great relationships with people and they have their own individual strengths. So as a team, we sort of came together and, and made sure that we recognized those strengths. Uh, and that was sort of my job as, as an administrator, which I never thought I would ever be in a million years. I always thought I'd be a classroom teacher or I'd be a coach in some aspect, um, but lo and behold, I'm here. Uh, and I just started my doctorate work today. So that's uh, <laughs> always fun. Um, I, I, I'm literally just doing it. So Laura has to call me Dr. Josh. So <laughs> that, that is the only reason uh, I'm going to spend the next We all have to have years. our why. Yeah. That, that's right. That's right. right. So. Yeah, no. Um, but my why really stems from the people that why I interact with on a daily basis, and that's the teachers in our building. Um, I don't necessarily have the direct impact on students as, as our teachers do in the classroom, um, but we have this like reverberating, uh, reverberating effect from um, like my office. I'm able to, uh, to connect with teachers. I'm able to connect with our specialists, our principals, our administrative team, um, and sort of uh, help in areas of curriculum, help in areas of, of instruction and professional learning. Um, and I have this, uh, this insatiable appetite for learning in general. I know some are laughing because insatiable has been my word for the past week uh, and doesn't come up in regular conversation too often though. People just <laughs> but look you at found you. A way. <laughs> but it did. And uh, it, it was almost this insatiable urge to urge to use it uh, just now again. Yeah. So, it sounded like you had to really work that one in there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because I am insatiable. Yes. I just need to make sure it gets into the conversation. But anyway. I, Josh, just because you're trying to increase your vocabulary. Okay. He's going to be a doctor. Uh, I, I mean, he's going to be a doctor. So I mean, I guess he has to use big words. <laughs> for those who can't see me through the microphone, I just pushed my glasses up further on my notes. So, uh, but no, in, in general, I've always had this passion to uh, really share any kind of knowledge that I have with other people. Um, and whether it's the fact that I just don't know something, I am more than willing to find it out. And I'm determined to find something out. So like the other day, I had to change the the uh, windshield washer, uh, windshield wiper assembly on my uh, car because I didn't have any windshield wipers. It was raining, so it wasn't a good uh, sort of combination. Um, but in order to do that, guess what I did? I YouTubed it. I figured it out. I wasn't going to go pay somebody who I knew I could do uh, the job for. And um, so I, I just uh, that that has always been uh, sort of my driving force is that if I don't know something, I'm going to keep working at it until I do. I figure it out because so many people are relying on me. So many people are relying on us uh, to bring our best foot forward. So that's one of the reasons why we work so well as a team is that wherever there might be holes or gaps, we have found a way to uh, find each other in those times. So there are times where I'll call each one of the uh, people sitting in this room saying, hey, I, I don't know how to do something. I need your help. Or you have a better grasp on your building than I do. I need you to make sure that we're doing X, Y, and Z. And I know it's taken care of. 
Um, so from an administrative lens, like I, I'm just really thankful and really happy that I met this team and this is the team that's serving our district. So as we were talking about uh, stories, um, as each one of us shared our stories, hopefully you were able to connect with some sort of aspect of, of our why, and maybe that's similar to yours. But what, what our encouragement is, is that you need to find your own why. You need to find what gives you this driving force to come to work every day and work with the people that you're surrounded with. Whether you're an administrator, whether you are an instructional coach, whether you're just a, a district leader, whether you're, you're a team leader, um, you can all take, uh, we can all take, different aspects of our individual jobs or our individual personalities and help us out in our own districts, our own classrooms. No, I, I just hope that through listening, I know some of you are probably like, why are they just telling stories today? And like, I want to listen and get, you know, some meat that I want to take and take an actionable step from this. But I feel like it's hard to do that when you don't know the person behind that. And I feel like that's, really the point of why we wanted to do our first episode, just kind of telling our stories, maybe making you laugh, maybe just making you get to, allowing you to get to know us as a person. I think Josh, you did say that at the beginning, but I feel like just with our teachers, when we're working with them, if we don't know them as a person beyond just the teacher in the classroom, the relationship just doesn't work. The coaching relationship just doesn't work. So I, I hope that you're listening and you're and that sort of makes more sense as to why we would choose to take our first episode to just kind of introduce who we are so that hopefully you make a connection with us and that you want to tune in to hear more actionable steps and get to know us a little better. That is coming. We won't talk about ourselves all the time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening to the Coaching Collaborative podcast. Uh, we'll be back again soon uh, as we go to release more episodes, but we would love to hear your story. If you want to find us on Twitter, our handle is at ISG Coaching. Um, and or if you want to check out our website, it's www.isgcoaching.com. Uh, you can connect with us. We would love to hear your story. And if you want to reach out to us um, and you can be featured on the podcast because Together, we are going to collaboratively grow even more as as just a, a collective group of individuals who are just trying to do the same thing, which is do what's best for our teachers and what's best for our students. Thank you for listening to the Coaching Collaborative Podcast. We hope you found our discussion on instructional coaching valuable, and we look forward to continuing to share ideas and best practices in future episodes. Don't forget to subscribe, follow ISG Coaching on Twitter, or check out www.isgcoaching.com. Until next time, keep on coaching.